Welcome back, filmmakers, to the Intuitive Filmmaker Podcast. I am your host, Jen Page, and I am here with probably the person who's known me the longest in this crazy town. She plays deep, dark secrets about me that, uh, and that's blackmail, I'm sure. Laura Patrice Nadler, she, you are, not only are you an actor and a director, but you are the acting coach that I send everybody to. All of my, anybody who comes to me and says, do you know a coach? Or if I don't think they're ready to perform and I say you need to coach, I always send them to you because you make your students dig, dig, dig and make them be better actors. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, I appreciate that. I appreciate the recognition and um, I'm happy to do it, especially for you and your projects. <laughs> There's some great acting coaches out there, but why do you think it's different with what uh, you do? I'm the best. <laughs> I do believe that. I love that you can own that too. That's something I, I work on every day is just owning that I'm good at what I do. Well, I don't own everything, but that I own. I do because I see it happening. Why do I do that? Because I think, first of all, as a director myself, I would want to have performers like my students on any and every one of right. my projects. So why wouldn't I give them the tools? And you know, I do believe that every director speaks a different language. Some of them don't speak the language of actors at oh, all. Yeah. At all. And actors are sort of like, they're left with the, the daunting task of trying to figure out how to give them what they want or know what they're saying. And so I do expand that too, so the actors can sort of like take in what they're hearing and modify it so it makes sense. But as far as digging deep, I mean, I think that that's why most actors wanna act. Not all of them, there's plenty that come in and they into my classes and they're just like, ooh, they last a very short period of time, they don't have the I'm not gonna say there's anything wrong with that. It's like what makes the world go round? You know, there's some right. people. I mean, what? What's, she's wonderful. Flow. I mean, she's making millions, mm -hmm. making a progressive commercial. Right. I'm sure that for her, she started out as being an actor, and probably if she isn't anything dramatic, we don't even recognize her. Yeah. Because there's range. You know, not every actor has extraordinary range, but you're always reaching for that. It's also more fun. I, you know, for me, it makes the day go faster. I, I in general, like. I mean, I see so much diversity and it's just getting more and more and more so like in terms of what people want to do. And because I, I opened my class with um, a very, very long, uh, f uh, long form improv. I don't want to call it an exercise, but it, it's actually a I, say, I would say practice it's like yoga, like yeah. you're always practicing. But this this particular format now is like, may I say, the, the theme of a show that's been running right. since 2014. And it's not just improv it's not just designed to like make people you know be neck up funny it's a place where they can bring characters back over and over and grow them and grow them and grow them and make them relatable and put them in different circumstances and situations and you know i see when i've gone to improv shows i've watched like they'll do something and as soon as it gets a little bad they just swipe it out there's no right. survival skills in that there's no depth in that and i also don't believe that you know people also you know by nature a lot of people are lazy so if they can take an acting class and not have scripts, that's why they'll improv. If they can take an acting class and do cold reads and not have to memorize, they'll do that too. But nobody's won an Oscar doing that. Right. That's just not how it works. And the way I see it is like, and I see it happening more and more in my daily work, is that these people that I'm working with are coming closer and closer to center with like wanting greatness. And what that's is inspiring one of the, to me. What is one of the things you really instill in your actors? Like no matter who they are, no matter how they act, are there certain techniques that you use? Well, techniques is something different than what I would instill. It's like what you just said. You said um, practice. It's like yoga. You know, I mean, I've in the past, it doesn't happen anymore because the, the, the quality of people that are showing up, the way they're being referred to me, it, 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 
you know, th there was, there's a general laziness. They don't want to read their full play. They don't want to read past what they're already working on. And I'm like, do you think that, like, I don't know, De Niro didn't finish reading the script that Scorsese gave him, agree right. agreed to do the job, and then showed up on set? It doesn't work that way. Right. So it's to do the work, you know, to, to enjoy it. Nowadays, there's a lot of other things that come into play because of all the tapes and how fast the turnaround is for everything. And a lot of times now it's like, do your, well, always it was do your research. You need to figure out how you fit into the story. And, you know, now we have everything at our fingertips. When I was young, we had to like, you know, if there was a word or something, we had to fi find a dictionary. Yep. And if we didn't have a, di and if there was a set something in there that we didn't know about, we'd have to go to the go to the library in the daytime when the library was open, <laughs> go to the encyclopedias, pull down the right book and hope the information was in there. Right. Now you could just Google it. So if I instill something, it's to be prepared and to, and respect a big part also, and you'll appreciate this. Is I think that a big part of it is you have to respect the writer. You know, yeah. I mean, the writing is so important. I think it's like a what is the, is that right word? The tr trilogy. It's the it's the it's the acting, the writing, and then how you put the pieces together. And I guess that would be the director. As humble as I am, I don't want to take credit for any of that. But the writing is crucial. And I think that the most important thing you could do is read it. And honestly, my improv is, I've really started to discover more and more, it really is about script analysis. And script analysis is understanding what's happening, establishing something, and then expanding on that. Right. So if you're doing an improv and you just think you can be funny and silly and stupid and dirty and get the moment over with and someone will forget that you just made a big mistake or faux pas in the middle of something that you said, you established something earlier, people notice. Yeah. It's the same thing when you're looking at somebody's script. If you walk into an audition, and the direct and the writer is sitting in the room, and you haven't made like internal sense of even one detail. They'll know. I think that even as the director in the room, we know. Like we 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 really want somebody who's come in, and even if you're making really odd choices, we'd rather you make these odd choices and let us redirect because we feel like you've put the work in. Well, that's you're possibly maybe an exception. I mean, I think there's, and I will say this: there's a little bit of fear. I think, you know. Even in the casting arena, they're afraid to make a mistake, so they're not. Yeah. They don't want to refer somebody on who might have made an interesting choice. Sometimes, and then there's the anomalies. I mean, I see it happen all the time. You know, people will make a statement like, "You will never get a pilot in pilot season if you've never worked before." Then how do you start working? Right. And then you'll go in and you'll blow their mind. Just the other day, one of my students, he went in on a, on a on an audition, and he typically plays gangbangers. He went in on this one role as a gangbanger, and they, um, and the next day he got a call to come in for a series regular role in a comedy. Wow. And, he, and, and it's very specific to him, but I just don't think that, you know, then they, there's an awareness now elevated by his, his team and by that casting office and everybody, and they go, you can take a chance. But a lot of people are afraid to do that, I think. And I think as directors, yeah, you should, you know, but they're not, you're not always in the room in the initial, you know, us filmmakers who are doing it independently who really want to be hands-on, we want to be in every casting session. We don't want a, direct, a, a casting director to make, to eliminate people that we might be interested right. in. Right. But at some point, we do have to turn those reins over yeah. and then trust that we've said enough about what we're looking for and that they'll, they'll deliver that. And if not, we'll see them in the next round. But it's, you know, it's important to show up. Um, and you're right, you're absolutely. If you know what you want as a director, I mean, you've read the script, hopefully, and you know. But listen, you know what? We're working in, and this is, this is, I think, important advice all around is that there is a growing mentality that because you have a camera, you can be a director. Right. And that's not true. You know, preparation for the director is crucially important. I never, ever want to embark upon a project where I don't allow or have some opportunity for rehearsal where I have flexible enough actors that will do it on their own. And, you know, the goal, and I know this from talking to actors intimately as a, as a coach, 
they want immersion and they don't get that on television. It's like you have to go in and deliver what you delivered on that audition. At the audition, you have to show up and do that on the job because there's not a lot of people manipulating your performance. And in film, sometimes, you know, there's no time. But just the mentality of wanting to shoot like, I don't know, 20, pa 20, 20 uh, pages a day now is just, it's, it's like abuse. It is, it is. It's abuse. Well, and most of our audience is indie filmmakers and they've probably um, made a few films, maybe a few features are ready to transition into the bigger upper echelon of things. So they know, like they know what they're up against and the beast are up against. I would love to hear some of your advice as an indie director who has done these crazy shoots. How do you prep your actors for that kind of shoot? Well, I mean, fortunately, I've I've had the good fortune of using a lot of my own students, and um, so they. So you've been prepping them for years. I've been prepping <laughs> them for years. Yo, um, yeah, but um, you know, when I have somebody like yourself referring somebody in, I mean, I break open the script with them. I, I, you know, there's a couple of uh, students that I've worked with where, you know, it, again, it also is what's affordable to them. But an actor should be would be willing to take it, take responsibility for their own performance before they show up on set. That's just a given, you know, um, and you understand that because you'll refer them and say you need some coaching and they have to make an investment in it. But let's say, so, but, but, you know, okay, I'm a director, I'm going to set, um, I don't get any rehearsals because that's kind of typical um, in most film world. Uh, so I'm showing up to actors who I've hopefully cast, sometimes I have not <laughs> in my films. So, you, so if you're that director and you're approaching the set and you're gonna show up with these actors, how are you going to get them to give you what you need? Do you have certain techniques that you always do? Like if someone can't go there emotionally? Well, I mean, everybody's different. Again, you guys aren't machines. I'd love to give you the short answer and say, this is exactly what I do. And it will, every actor will respond to it. Right. But, but um, well, like one thing I do a lot is use breath technique, especially for actors who maybe don't know how to dig deeper. Um, even if they do, but if they're in their head, if an actor's in their head, you can get them to just breathe into that place. Like, if, how do you normally feel when you're angry, you know, and let them breathe into that. And that can kind of get them where they need to be if we're on a time crunch. Um, do you have things like that? Yes. I mean, uh, you know, there's a technique that I can, that I teach, that I work with when I'm working individually with people. And it's not something that most people can just do on a, on a dime, but it, it can get them to, the, to it quicker. Because I have a belief that, uh, you know, I mean, it's just better when it's it's just better when it's personal, and while you're saying, yeah, I get them to breathe or think about things that made them angry, that can be very general. So one of the things I I definitely recommend is that they are if they're if they're in their head over something, um, it's it's very personal what I do. I mean, when I'm you know stepping to an actor, I will look them straight in the eye and we will discuss and I will sometimes ask them to reveal some deep, dark secrets, but I can lead them down that path. And as a director, yeah, you do want to get better and better at communicating or seeing deep into like what might be the, the, you know, the, the question. So for example, if an actor has to be extremely angry, yes, we would you know, give them time, not a ton, but some time to like get to that moment. And you know, method is very helpful for that too, but that's very time-consuming. People yeah. do it for years before they can figure out how to, how, you know, what their effective, uh, uh, their effective trigger is, and blah blah blah. But if you're on set and you're in a crunch, it really is about, you know, also easing their easing their pain and then letting them know that they can take the risk and it's okay. I mean, a lot of times people are afraid. Yeah, they're afraid they're gonna they're gonna look stupid. One so of the biggest things I always do is tell actors, 
I'm, you have to trust me that I'm going to tell you if you are not doing a good performance right, right. and if you're too big or anything. So go there. And also I'm going to give you all the time I can, you know, so that's like, great. Give them that's, the safe that's space. That's amazing because I can tell you right now from my experience, because I work with, I mean, because not to, I'm not just a director. I work with hundreds and hundreds of actors who come to me before their experiences and after their experiences. They don't generally get that. So that's I know so I'm not sad. answering your question and you're asking me how I can get them quick and the tr they're quick. And I have to be honest, like the business says, actor directors are not the best. They think they spend the most time with them. And it's not true. If you understand how to communicate with an actor, you can trigger their performance immediately. Yeah. So, I mean, I might sit them in a space. I mean, I can give you a little tiny abridged version of an exercise that I do that immediately gets people connected to their characters, which gets them to go out and book them. Yeah. Which is that... I would ask, I mean, they should have done this in advance and it can be very quick. I would take a couple of lines from the thing that they're working, like the scene they're in, and we would identify, and again, this is, I don't have the book written yet. <laughs> this chapter would take, it's taken me 20 years to write the chapter. <laughs> but um, the, the, uh, the technique would be, believe it or not, is to just give them, sit with them for a moment and, and again, this is something I do as an acting coach. I don't know any director that would be willing to do this, but let's, let's start with you. <laughs> um, that if we... Uh, break down the lines, like the very first line that they're saying, to identify who that character is from a positive place. And I know that sounds crazy because most people identify the characters as negative, and they love to play the negative right. characters because they're evil and they're, they're interesting. Right. But one of the character building processes that I do is we, we write a, the list of the ingredients of who that character is, and we base it specifically on every single line that they say. Because I ask people this question when I coach them. It's a weird question, I never get the right answer for like 10 minutes. I start, I start miming and gesturing like things coming out of my mouth. I say, when you meet somebody for the first time and they're talking to you, what tells you about them? Yeah, and it's, I mean. What's what, the answer? Well, for me, I would say it's, it's partly what they say. That's it, that's the answer. Yeah. Wait, wait, let me tell you why, that's it. Because they'll tell me, their essence, their their voice, the sound, their tone, their body language, their eye contact. And I'll say, yes, all of those things are relevant. I can't even believe you just did that because literally since social media... Well, I'm a judgmental asshole. No, so. it, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. So most people, it takes... For, so I stop even, I ask the question because I want them to get the answer without me having to give it to them. Because, you know, you give something some, something to yeah. somebody, they, walk, they, they take it for granted. Right. So when you make them work for that answer, and what I'm trying to say is... Just simplify it. The answer is when you ask somebody, when you when you meet somebody for the first time and they're talking to you, and I literally am mouthing, I'm like, and they're talking to you. What tells you about them? <laughs> and then finally, a few of them, I would say probably in ten years, maybe five people have answered it on the first try. It's wow. crazy. And the answer is simply what they say. And the reason I ask them to reflect on that is because then I pick up the script and I go, you do not have essence, tone, body language, eye contact. Um, breath. You don't have any of that in a script. What you have is what they say. And so if, you know, and generally, and this is, I know the mindset of an actor. I work with hundreds of them a week. The mindset of an actor is that you've got a general idea of who the character is based on the sides that you have. Now, when you have the whole script, you have a lot more information, but they're still kind of generalizing it. So I yeah. say, let's break it down line for line. So if the first line is, I don't know what you want me to say. How do we get, and we need positive words. How do we get positive words out of that? Instead of just finding an attitude, about it, I don't know what you want me to say, figure out why you're saying that, for what reason, and, and why you're saying it, and for, for what reason, which is, I don't know what you want me to say, means that you're determined, focused, committed, um, hopeful, 
all positive things. That's so weird that you go from a it's, it's interesting. All positive. It's great. You go from all a positive, positive place. I don't I would wonder if any directors watching actually do that. I I don't think I've ever had them even if it's a positive character like I don't think I've ever thought let's come from a positive place. 100% of the time that I created this worksheet because I used to scribble on a piece of paper and this is this part and this is this part and the list says specifically adjectives, personality traits, personality traits, adjective descriptive words we're not looking for actions, um, results or emotions. Because when you know who you are, you will take the action yeah. that will result in that emotion. It's just automatic. You know, when we look at a person in a, in a fight, in a scene, we look and we go, I want to go in there and fight with them. And it's like, no, no, that's not what you want to do. And if you come from a positive and you're going to, you, you know, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to yell at it, scream and punch him in the stomach, turn around, stop my feet and walk out and slam the door. That's what you might say you feel like doing. But really at the core, at the core, 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 the motivating factor is that you want to find out why he did what he did. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from devotion, commitment, hopefulness, love, passion, endurance, strength. An acting coach or a director, you really have to be the person that your actor relies on. They have to know that if they're feeling nervous or uh, disgruntled or whatever, they're, you know, whatever's going on in their life, they have to know that they can count on you to get them where they need to be. Yeah, I mean, I think as a director, what the recommend the, the advice I would give any uh, director, new director, or even director who's been doing it for a while is listen. Listen to what the, the actor has to say. I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of, what do they call them, jerk actors out there. Don't hire them, you know. If you well, and sometimes those jerk actors are just really, they're, they're uh, struggling. They're, yeah, they've, they've got, they've got uh, problems with confidence or whatever it is, so they're acting out in another way. I agree, but I don't think they should be on set at that I, point. I, I mean, do I, agree I, because with that, I, with that. I know enough actors But sometimes that you, are get ready. Stuck with, you get stuck with people who are like, oh, well, this is a YouTuber, has all these followers, or this is whatever. Okay, I've got and, a whole opinion on that, <laughs> but we'll get them to that after. Well, the, the point is, though, like, often we directors get put with casts that we don't have a choice over. I mean, you're going to, if you're directing television, you're probably going to have a cast that you've, for the most part, had no control over. And a lot of times those cast people don't want to be directed because they have too much neuroses about it. It's not that they don't want to be directed because actors love to get direction. Yeah. Um, so when you're running up against that, it's sometimes you have to go, okay, do your thing. But sometimes you have to go, you know what, let me try to word this in a way that doesn't sound like direction. I think that the most important thing is to just dissolve the separation between you and that actor. I, yeah. mean, I think the only way to do that is to really... And you can. You can, you can totally disarm somebody, and it's not manipulation. Mm -hmm. Is to somehow... You know what is what is your special thing? What's your forte? How can you um, create a moment with them where you let them know that they they can tell you what they're thinking? Listen, I had a student that was on a, a series and he had you know no direction and it was frustrating to him and that's why he felt like television was just not his thing because he loves to be directed not because he's insecure and he needs to hear it he just likes to move I mean he comes in sometimes just to like run a four page scene for like two and a half hours just to like get it and do it again and I'm like you can send this and he's like I know I just, mm -hmm. this is fun I want to keep doing it <laughs> because he doesn't get that on television he had this series and one of the directors came in and started giving him direct direction and his father in the series said to him you know you don't have to listen to him oh my gosh and he said no but I would like to have some insight I would like to know more and the truth is you know the leads on on, on television are so used to not getting direction they just, but mostly they just get blocking notes. Yeah. And, but you know, you should hope by the time they have a series that they, you know, there, isn't there a, say, a saying like Morgan Freeman said, somebody, he was working on something and the director, I don't know who the director was, but they said something to him like, well, um, the way I see it, he said, but who cares how you see it? Something <laughs> like that, like this is how I see it. 
and I'm doing this job. Yeah. I don't think everybody's earned that. I do think that people still need insight. So, I mean, where, where, in, in, to help any act director who's working with an actor like Jen, Jen, you're right. You said they want direction. You know, it's a weird world. It used to be if you got a no, like a like a redirect in an improv in a in an improv in a in an audition, you thought you did something wrong. Right. And I have to constantly com- convince people that. No, if you if they did yeah. not like you, if they did not like you, they'd say thank, thank you. you. Goodbye. They don't exactly. need to waste any time trying to see if you can do it another yep. way. So if they're giving you anything, it's because they're interested in some way, and uh, you know. So I, most people that I'm working with, they welcome it, but it also doesn't mean that they did it wrong. If they didn't get a redirect, it just means you know we'll we'll think about it and we'll let you know later. I have pretty much like a ninety percent callback ratio for most of my students, so yeah. they make choices, and even if it's not a hundred percent right. We'll get a note later. But I have seen so many of your students go from like complete unknowns, <laughs> no credits, to series regulars. It's insane. Yeah, it's really fun and exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. And most of them now, most of them have are on the, the other side of like their third or fourth series. So that's the other thing too is that, you know, the confidence weigh, weighs on these people if they think that they, you know, this is their break or this is the only opportunity. And you know what? That series is going to end and they're going to be out there looking again. Just like us, yeah. you know, we're always looking for that next job. I'm going to hand you these cards. Yeah. You're going to shuffle them until you decide you want to stop, and then you're going to pick one. What did you get? Patience. Patience. Should I read it out loud? Well, no, I don't, and I don't want you to read. What I want you to do is tell me what comes to mind when you hear the word patience. What's the first thing that popped in your mind? Mm. It seems so fitting <laughs> for, what, for yeah. what we're talking about and who you are. What pops into my mind with patience is two things, and they're duality, like the duality of that. Like I feel like I'm impatient and very patient. My impatience is that I am impatient and frustrated with the certain things that actors have to deal with, and we as directors and the obstacles and, and all the things that are falling in front of us, and I'm impatient sometimes. I'm, I feel like I want to give up. Where actors are concerned, I have enormous patience. I don't have yeah. patience if they can't figure out how to put a prop away <laughs> or fold a screen and stick it in the right place when I show them over and over and why people think they can leave things all over the studio and not pick it. Like, who do they think is picking it up? Like, I'm impatient. But when they're up there and they're crying or their their heart is on the floor or they're really connecting and, you know, you wouldn't believe how many actors will, like, cry through their performances and go, I'm sorry, and, like, start apologizing oh, for it. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I'm like, why are you apologizing? Did you not just look at, you know, Susie, who was crying, and think, I want to do that, and now you're doing it and mm. you think you have to apologize? I have the patience, I mean, not just patience, but, like, the the um what's the word like uh I'm, I'm in awe of people who are willing to like expose their i will say knowing you hearts. working with you as both an actor and seeing you as a director on sets um, and in your class and all that stuff there's there's you and i are very similar in the patience department <laughs> we're very because it, it, it comes down like you said they don't put their props away we're very impatient with incompetence or people who aren't aren't putting in the who Amen. seem to not give a crap. Right. So like if you have an actor who's just like doesn't seem to care, there's no patience for it. But if an, if you see an actor, even if they're the worst actor you've ever come up against and they're terrible, you have so much patience to I groom have, them into something. I have amazing. enormous enormous respect for people if who they're even working. try to yes, do this. Yes. I, yeah. And I've had people. I mean, listen, I, I probably shouldn't say his name, but we mm-hmm. have a running joke. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a he's working at a pretty high level right now and he was a magnificent and still is a magnificent dancer and he came to me with no acting experience at all and I sat across him in a private session and I looked at him and I went oh to myself not to him (laughs) this poor kid wants to be an actor (laughs) I will never say that again 
I will never say that again because there is hope in everyone if yeah. they want to walk through the door and they want to try because he's magnificent. And I think I know you're talking in, about it. He is magnificent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's nobody like him. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I so, yeah, I mean, I feel I have the patience of a saint and it's frustrating to me. Yeah, I'm impatient with people who think I'm not patient. It's like, <laughs> I'm not, but I'm not going to wait around all day. I don't have yeah. patience if you won't read your script. I don't have patience if you won't answer your calls, check your emails, and be sure because there's still the business side of it. Right. And the actress still has to behave professionally. How, you know, and I know that immediately when I put somebody in a show, like if these are the criteria, and you have to do a certain amount of this and a certain amount of that, and you have to re- respond to this and tell us about that and get and get your headshots ready and. Uh, you fundamentally can't do these basic you know, stupid things. But what I want to ask you about patience, because since I know you so personally, how is your, um, as far as like your personal space, because you don't have a lot of personal space. You're mm-hmm. always working. So in your own personal space, how do you make time for your personal space? And have you found a way to be patient with yourself in the sort of wanting things now and you know, not having them now aspect. Cause I know a lot of us filmmakers go through that. Like, why don't I have this film now? Why am I still doing this? How does that all work in your life now? Well, I mean, hmm, I'm working on self care because I don't do a lot of that. I know I used to watch, I've you know gone on retreats with a spiritual teacher that I've worked with for many, many years. And at the end of, a cer- the, at a, of the day, at a certain time, he would say, he would say his goodbyes and he would go and what he'd call replenish. I don't feel like I do that ever, yeah. like ever. And I'm working on trying to do that. I'm trying to go to sleep at night. And, you know, it's been a little bit of a rough year for a, f- a couple of reasons. And um, and I'm, you know, looking more at self-care. And like yesterday, for example, I just like decided I s- had to schedule. And I'm like, I'm going to this clothing store and going shopping for an hour and a half. I love I that. And I love that you scheduled it. We have to. We ha- If yes. we don't block the calendar, yes. someone else will put something There's in There's no just block. random conversations like, you know, People, uh, it's just so weird to be so scheduled out like that. I love my work, and I just I recently had a, a you know a personal loss, and I thought oh, I'm not going to teach for you know however. And the first thing I did the very next day was walk into the studio and and teach because I said, what's the what what how am I benefiting myself by not doing right. this thing that I really really love? What I did probably neglect a little bit was uh you know some correspondence and you know because you always have to do the backup work to keep the front work moving and. You know, at this point, I feel like um, at the end of the day, you know, the world is going to still keep spinning, whether I get to it or not. But I think the thing is to have more than one more than one thing that you love. And a long time ago, we had to be single-minded about everything. In fact, actors weren't respected as actors if they were producing because yeah. it looked like, oh, that's a vanity project and he can't get work. And it's not true. People have a, people are multi-talented. Well, I cannot let you out of here without doing our intuitive filmmaker if questions. Oh, so... Good. If you had to quit showbiz altogether, what would you do? Oh my God. <laughs> Since your whole life is showbiz. I know. Um, I, I, I mean, honestly, this just is the first thing that pops into my mind. I have no idea how I would actually survive in the wilderness. <laughs> but you I would, would live just, in the wilderness? I would just pack a backpack and I would just do nothing. I, yeah, n- uh, nothing and something. I love nature. I never get to see it. I love the water. I love. The forest. I love fire. Um, I just I might live off the land. I have to figure out who I'd want to <laughs> do that with, though, because it would be somewhat isolated. I would want to do nothing. I mean, I'm not gonna paint. I'm not I gonna. I'm not gonna do nails. Well, it makes sense do? though, because you you're doing so much that the the 
it's almost like a dream to do nothing. You know, when you have that one day where you're like, I, which doesn't really happen, but you're like, I have one day where I have nothing scheduled. I have nothing scheduled, <laughs> but I have 455,000, things yeah. that I have to do anyway. Yeah. And then there are those days when I don't do that and I actually get mad at myself. I'm like, ah, and my, my assistant Raven Show, says to me, you're never going to finish everything yeah. ever, yeah, ever. Because I look at these lists of things I have to do, and I feel like at the end of the every day, I feel like I haven't accomplished anything because it's not clean. Yeah, that's why I, I'll have to show you how I do my list because that used to be my problem, and now it at least is clean, even though some things are being moved. <laughs> um, if you actually move them, if you could do only one genre of film, what would you do? Um, one genre, probably like gritty, um, uh, human interest. Uh, dramas yeah i could see you doing that because everything's so character driven you want to dig 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 although i kind of thought you were going to say comedy because no, I, I love you're comedy. so good at yeah, it yeah no i know you know what like I know. you yourself as an actor it's my favorite thing to shove you in his roles is just being comedic i love comedy i think comedy is great but i you know i think when shooting if i'm directing um or at least something like it just needs to be character driven like human yeah. human story i'm not interested in sci-fi and i know a lot of people love that i'm not interested in horror at all right i like comedy a lot but i think it trans oddly in certain ways i think it translates better live and yeah so if i'm going to do film it's going to be just something where the story matters and not necessarily based on fact but something moving i, I like to cry yeah i do i like to cry um i mean at movies no of course <laughs> of course if you could work with any actor actress on your next project besides your students because obviously that's they're always my your go-to <laughs> like, i mean listen they're all a lot of them are established actors why wouldn't i want to work with them god i don't know i don't i really you know what i should narrow these things down but i don't like for a really long time ago like top of my list believe it or not was christopher walken <laughs> i just love him i think he's so unique and weird and but i mean there's so many god there's so many now because the because there's so much content everywhere. Yeah. Lead me, lead me. I mean, why not? We'll just say Crash for Walken. That's the one yeah, that's coming but that's, up. That comes up because it always came up. And I I, sh I, I thought uh, Bradley Cooper was like freaking amazing in, in uh, Stars Born. Um, yeah, I'm having a break. Yeah, like I'm yeah, seeing uh, that moment. Uh, I, w I would marry him even though he was dysfunctional. <laughs> um, I thought he was wonderful. And I was not a huge fan. Not, not a not fan of his, but I wasn't a huge fan. The fact that he could pull that performance out of himself while directing, like while also keeping eyes on it, was pretty amazing to me. Women, let me think, who breaks my heart? I mean, I love Julia, Julianne Moore. I love. Yeah. Um, I could uh, see Julianne Moore is definitely your kind of actor for sure. Like, there's nothing she doesn't dig deep into. That's great. Yeah. Um, there's more. There's a lot. Oh, more. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but if you could tell your younger self one thing. Lot I'd like to say to her. <laughs> sit I down. would probably say to her, "Be patient," yeah. because I think I spent some time spinning wheels. And even though I'm doing great things, and people, you know, I'm surrounding myself with amazing people, and that's just happening naturally all the time now. I think that I beat myself up for a really long time, not being where I I should like wanting to sp uh, spinning wheels. And I mean, I could go back in time and talk about the rebellious kid that I was, that I didn't finish school and did a lot of really, really rotten things to myself. I didn't hurt anybody or get arrested, but um, I don't know. I just would have put more time into self-healing into self yeah. 
into, you know, emotionally and mentally. I came, you know, I came from, you know, dysfunctional background. I don't know who hasn't been from a dysfunctional background. And, you know, I love, 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 love my family, but we had a, we had some wounds to, to heal. And I, you know, I waited, I think longer than I should have to like really focus on them. But you know what, that, that's part of my journey. And a lot of that stuff makes me a way better teacher and a way better director because yeah. I have empathy. Yeah. I have sure. empathy and understanding and a lot of like experience. And finally, if your ultimate dream came true, what are you doing? I'm directing two significant films a year, giving me plenty of time to like have a significant run of classes. I don't agree. I don't believe in like week at week, you know, week long programs here and there and make people like wait till you're back in town. I yeah. do think ongoing is really important and I want I want to be I still want to be there for people. I just want to be there. So I want to be able to still have a home and a place to provide for a home for my actors, for my acting family. But I'd like to be doing two films a year. And that would be the time when obviously for the shoot of it, I'd have to call off and the editing. Luckily, you have the Nickies of the world to try to fill your shoes while you're gone. He's just a genius, <laughs> too. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I yeah, I would, you know, maybe even have more time to dedicate to having family time and more social time because I do work a lot. Um, I think adding two films a year to my plate would give me more time in my life because there would be, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of people pitching in to sort of take yeah. take the reins on certain things that I don't need to do on no, my own. No, for sure. I dream of the day having real full-time assistants who can yeah. take all that on. Um, and I'm lucky that you came here today to talk well, to me. Well, this was really, really fun. I'm so glad I came. I feel like I'm eating this microphone, though. <laughs> I don't well, know you know what? It's better to eat it so everybody can hear you than to be way far away. And to all of you who are watching, thank you so much for watching. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, please rate and review. It helps us so much get discovered by other people. And check the rules on how you can win a Blackmagic 6K camera. They're right below. And until next time... Be patient with yourself. You've been listening to the Intuitive Filmmaker Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts as that helps others find us, which helps us to keep delivering great content to you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all of your other favorite podcast apps.